Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You show today. I'm hoping that you all have your coffee or tea with you. Uh, in in my honor, because I just spilled mine all over the place before we went live on the air. Diane heard it. She she called in, and I'm like, oh, crap, I just spilled my coffee. It went everywhere. So, um, yeah, and and the equipment's still functioning, so I'm happy about that. But if anything should malfunction during this show, it is because there's coffee on my keyboard, baby. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, anyway, oh, hi, Diane. How are you? Hi. Well, oh. I'm feeling honored. I got you so nervous that it made you spill your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <I'm sure. laughs> yeah, I'm that's sure fun. that's why. Well, yeah, I'm sure it is so too. Um, oh gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Let me t- let me tell you guys all listening who Dr. Diane Hamilton is for a second, because um, you go to her website. It's Dr. Diane Hamilton. D I A N E Hamilton dot com. Nice last name. We were talking about that too. Um, but she's a nationally syndicated radio host, award winning speaker, and author, and educator. Um, a, Oh, geez, this is so cool, too. I love this. A thought leader, which means, you know, ahead of the curve and thinking of things, you know, before we're all, you know, we're the doers, she's the thinker. <laughs> and sometimes in leadership, sales, marketing, management, engagement, personality, motivation, meaning, you know, kind of she's got some visionary things going on there. And and when when people are called thought leaders, it means, you know, they're thinking of new things and new ways to think about these things. So I'm really excited to uh talk to her. She's written a lot of books here, um, a lot of things in peer-reviewed journals, which is a big deal, but the author of three books that are so, sold worldwide, which are The Online Student's User Manual, How to Reinvent Your Career, and It's Not You, It's Your Personality, which I love the title of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not you, it's your personality. Um, so, gosh, welcome. Hello, hello. Well, hello, hello. This is going to be fun. We have shows that we're kind of similar in the way we just like to chat. So that'll be real easy for me. Good. Yeah. I, I hope so. Cause it's, you know, we, I think we'll go, um, you know, a little bit all over the place, which is good because uh, we'll, we'll try and <laughs> a little bit all over the place, if that makes sense, but there's so much to cover here. And um, I spilled coffee on my production notes too. So they're, um, they're, they're soggy. We'll throw them out. And we'll start. <laughs> exactly. Um, what we want people to listening to learn today um, is the importance of soft skills and how to develop them, how to improve workplace engagement, and how multiple generations can get along better. Do you want to just talk about those three things for a moment before we go in, in depth, what that means? So we can, like what's soft skills? Yeah, we can talk about a lot of things. Soft skills yeah. are kind of a blanket term. I mean, you know, you hear a lot about it right now because, you could, well, you know, it gets to be different parts of uh, communication get highlighted, I think. And it, it all kind of ties back into communication and how we interact at work. But it's soft skills are kind of those 
squishy things that you can't really teach people in like a curriculum so much. I mean, it's more kind of personality based, interpersonal skills, you know, team building, self-awareness, some of the things that fall into emotional intelligence and, and, you know, conflict resolution, those type of things. And a lot of people get hired because they have really good hard skills as far as, you know, they can create a spreadsheet or they know how to do accounting or whatever their hard skills are, but then they get fired because they haven't got the soft skills because they don't do well, they don't play well uh, on the playground kind of thing. You really need to have strong uh, soft skills and interpersonal skills because it's kind of like, you know, how EQ or your emotional quotient was considered more important than your IQ now. Uh, It's the same kind of thing because 77%, I think, of employers are saying that they're just as important to have soft skills as hard skills. So it's a hot topic out there. And do you think you're wired this way as a kid or – is it something that you can learn and, and teach and coach? I think it's a lot like emotional intelligence that you can teach and coach and help people develop it. Uh, you know, there's so much research on emotional intelligence. I actually wrote my doctoral dissertation on emotional intelligence. And so I wrote about a lot of different types of uh, personality assessments like the EQI and some of the different um, you know, Myers-Briggs and different things in my book, It's Not You, It's Your Personality, was all dedicated to all the different kind of personality skills. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, Daniel Goleman wrote the greatest book in, I think, 1995 that was all about emotional intelligence and why EQ can matter more than IQ. And what he found in a lot of his research and everybody else that's done research has found that you can develop a lot of these skills. And so that's the good news (laughs) because we want to develop them in people because it's such a huge problem for employers because they're, I mean, think of how much they're spending on uh, turnover when, when people aren't lasting and they're not lasting a lot of times because they don't have the really important skills. I mean, you've got people who leave companies because they, they don't like their bosses usually because of their personality issues. Right. So all right. that stuff kind of comes back they, to bite uh, companies in the end if they don't work on, on these skills with people. Hmm. Yeah, so let me go back for just a little bit because I promise to be all over yeah. the place a little bit. <laughs> um, no, that's you know, your, your radio show, yeah, your radio show is called Take the Lead. And mm-hmm. you showcase a lot of really neat people, C-suite executives, um, Times, Time Magazine's most influential people in the world, Forbes 30 Under 30, you know, all these people. Do you have, mm-hmm. before we go more into questions, do you have any favorite interviews that you've done, um, things that you've learned along the way in doing this? Because that's, you know, well, that's a lot of people. They're all really interesting. You know, I mean, there's, I can't, I have to say interviewing Crusoe, the celebrity dachshund was unique. (laughs) I really uh, enjoyed Crusoe a lot. That was really quite entertaining, actually. Um, You know, I've had so many great guests. I've had several billionaires, you know, I mean, Craig from Craigslist, Mark, you know, and uh, Naveen Jane, uh, you know, really fascinating people just even in my time working with the Forbes School of Business I interviewed Ken Fisher the billionaire behind uh, Fisher Investments and you know they're all really great of course having Steve Forbes on your show is one of the most fun days because he's such a great guy but I, I have to say that they've all been really good for different reasons you know you just learn something from each I'm sure mm-hmm. you realize you know from your experience yeah. that 
it, you sometimes get surprised by ones you go, I have not really sure who that person is. And you get off, you go, well, that was really cool. <laughs> where did that, that yeah. interview come from? I don't, you, you don't even know sometimes where you've met these people sometimes. And then you get on, you go, oh, yeah, we were connected through somebody. And no wonder they suggested them. And it, it's just really fun because it's all about success and their stories. It's kind of like how your show is. We, we just chat. Yeah, no, it, it is. And um, do you ever get nervous? Before, you know, like you know, if you have Steve Forbes on your show, are you nervous before that? Do you know what you're going to ask? How do you set up for that? <laughs> you know, that's funny. Well, I knew Steve. So, no, not with Steve because uh, I, he and I had been on several meetings together. I mean, I've met him in person many times. So he actually is such a nice guy. He he was, uh, he's if anything, he's kind of shy and, and really uh, very sweet. So you, he's the least intimidating you would think he might be because of his power of what great things he's done, but he's a really sweet guy. Um, you know, I don't really get nervous. I, I just, I, you know, sometimes you're more prepared than others. You know, sometimes you wish you'd had a chance to, to do more to prepare because you get a whole bunch of people in the same time frame and, you know, sometimes I get off the interview and I think, oh, wow, now that I know more about this person, I also kind of want to do it over again. <laughs> I do that too all the time. I'm like, I should have asked that or that. That's funny. Yeah, I, I think it's harder when they have, like, interests in areas that maybe aren't your your specialty. Sure. Like, if they start talking about sports or something, and I'm like, uh-oh. Or, you know, it's <laughs> not really yeah. my area. But, but um, you know, I, I, I've never really had any – unusual. I had one guy that got stopped by a policeman while we were in, on the interview and they, he had to call me back. I guess I didn't know he was in his car driving. <laughs> I was interviewing was Ed Asner and his doorbell rang. Like, really? He, oh, he that's put down funny. the phone. No, no, live on the air. He put the phone down and went and answered the door. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Perfect. I bet he's so, great. Yeah. What was he like? Oh, t- brilliant. Was he fun? Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. funny. Sweet, genuine, and um, very thorough in talking about autism because he has a, I think, oh. a grandson or grandson or granddaughter, I can't remember which that that has autism, and so champion uh-huh. of that cause and and just yeah, he's brilliant, yeah. Huh. Well, you know, yeah. Th- yeah, that's interesting. I uh, I I haven't really had anything really that unusual. I mean, there's always the stuff, you know, you don't, the recordings don't work sometimes, something happens, you know, those are the ones you want to shoot yourself. But uh, it's been pretty uh, uneventful in terms of crazy things happening, at least. <laughs> I've been pretty well, lucky. Yeah, and I think what I was going to do was sort of tie that question into um, skills and soft skills and things like that, because um, the, ner- you know, a lot of people have get nerves. You know, they, they do before mm-hmm. anything they do in business. And um, I know that's not exactly what you're talking about as, as far as speaking skills and personality and things like that, but it could be a little bit in there if you're nervous or shy or have anxiety or anything like that in business that can, you know, that can hurt you sort of, or whatever you want to call that. You know, it can, it can be something that, yeah. that you have to think about. I was just curious. Well, you know, it is, you know, it's an interesting thing because I do have a lot of speakers on my show and, you know, I'm always worried. I speak and so I'm always interested in speaking tips and different things of what makes somebody better at at speaking or being better at listening and, and some of the different factors that would make somebody, you know, more successful in the work world, uh, not just on stage. And it's, 
it, you know, that you just get so many wonderful uh, different pieces of advice. I had Matt Abrahams on my um, show like last week, and he's a speech uh, professor. He teaches like don't freak out kind of speaking at uh, mm-hmm. Stanford. And actually, he asked me to come speak at his course. So that might make me a little nervous to speak at Stanford. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no, <saying>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always say yes. I figure, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? And that's part of why I think I'm writing my my latest books about curiosity because I, I think that that all ties into whether we ask questions about how we get better if we need to get to be a better speaker. Or part of it's just asking questions and learning about something new and having a curiosity for how to fix what we need to fix. And I just meet so many people who kind of just exist. You know what I mean? They don't really live. They kind of just go through the motions every day and they don't really have any goals so, or desire to, to make themselves into something more than they are. And, and I think that that's sad because I think, you know, you've got just one shot, you know, to do something, to leave behind whatever it is you want to leave behind or make a difference uh, on people's lives or whatever it is you want to do. And I think that by developing curiosity is a huge part of that. And I think some people, I think it boils down to like, there's several reasons why people aren't curious. I mean, whether it's fear or, you know, maybe technology's done things for them and they don't know how to do anything other than that, or they, maybe their family or friends have always made them feel like they shouldn't do something or, you know, there's a lot of reasons of uh, just, they think, you know, this is the way it's always been done. My father was a uh, doctor or a policeman or whatever it is that I need to do that, and that's what I'm going to do. And they just don't look outside at other options. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff I do right now is researching why, you know, what it is that makes people, what, what you know, curiosity is kind of tied into motivation and drive, but they're not, it's not exactly the same thing. And it's all like they're all kind of interrelated. And so all that fascinates me. I don't know. What do you think? Are you a curious? Yeah, no. Person? I'm I'm an extremely curious person. I you know I can't use that term me too anymore because I didn't I say that and I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> also, Uh-oh. I me doesn't also. Work in this con- yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Uh-huh. Uh, right. Me also. Uh-huh. Um, but uh-huh. yeah. Oh no, super curious uh, person. Love to love to meet people. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm the exact same way. But I do um, I I do get fearful sometimes. And I have to push past that. Uh, I think that's just part of who I am. I'm, I'm probably, if you met me in person, I'm probably 10 times more shy in reality mm-hmm. than I am ever on the radio or Best Ever You or anything like that. I'm, I'm super, like, athletic, also, like, into sports, <laughs> which I heard you say you're not. Um, and I love no, Well, I, um, I don't know much about other people doing Oh, yeah, you're, you're super <laughs> athletic, too. Yeah, I can tell. Um, are you a runner? No, I, I like to hike though. Something, I like yeah. to hike. I, I, yeah, super I, in I shape. I, I can't, I can't really do much running anymore. I tried and broke a foot one time, and I'm like, yeah, I think I'll stick to slower <laughs> yeah. movements. But yeah, I, but I, I but I, you know, I completely agree with you in that you know you have to really make yourself super, super uncomfortable sometimes to experience that growth and curiosity that you're talking about. And I do that a lot. I mean, I can't tell you how uncomfortable I was 
for about the hour leading up to that radio show with Ed, Ed Asner. <laughs> I mean, I was just oh, like, really? almost in your How do you deal with that, it? You know? uh, what did you say? <laughs> How did you deal with that? Your, you know, just your panic that you time. I mean, do you have like a routine or something that you do? Um, you know, that for me, that one didn't go away. That one was like, this is bigger than me. And um, yeah, I'm really uncomfortable. So I'm going to do the best I can do here. And and then from that point on, my radio shows got a lot easier. It was really a, it it was really a pivotal moment for me. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I, you see, if you had never interviewed him and you let that moment go and you say, oh, I can't do it. I'm too afraid to do it then yeah. you would be freaked out for any other stuff that came out. Now it kind of gives you that sense of confidence, right? So you don't have that exactly. as much, at least, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I get a little bit. Go ahead. I get a little bit of butterflies here and there, but, yeah, you know, pretty okay. Well, you know, it's it's funny. I, I guess I don't really do my, many um, – my shows aren't aren't live like this one, so I could see why a live show would be – maybe put you in that spot a little bit more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it does, something could really it? happen. And uh, you never know if somebody's going to drop a word that you're not supposed to say or do something. I mean, that'd be something I think I'd worry about a little bit just because of the live a- aspect. But don't worry, I'll behave myself. But, yeah, no, I got a bleep zone. <laughs> you know, it's one of the reasons why, too, like, you know, you live and learn. Um, again, uh-huh. you know, I think, I think this is really kind of a cool conversation because it's about fear. And, like, I've done uh-huh. – I did a show with somebody who – can't remember who it was somebody pretty darn famous who was really out there like on tv and everything and they um came on the show um and it was more of like a like a pop star type person and I, my phone line mm-hmm. lit up and i thought oh cool i'll take callers <laughs> uh-huh. live callers Uh-oh. without screening them first uh-huh. and that was a good experience i'm like okay we're not going to take any more callers you know <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> And so you live and learn a little bit. And I think that's really important. Like the cur- the whole curiosity thing that you're talking about is really cool because there's a whole lot of living and learning going on. Um, you almost, if you're not a curious person by nature, it's kind of fun to be that way. And 10 times, nine times out of 10, you go, you know, I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I took that trip to it, like Italy and I was terrified to go or whatever. You know, you just, just yeah, life I, I kind of. so. I think it's interesting, you know, I got to meet Steve Wozniak recently, so it made me want to read his book, that I Was book. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, he starts off at the beginning of the book talking about how his, uh, writing about how his uh, father really had set him up to be curious, I think. Just the, the way he, oh. he would teach him how, uh, I don't remember what they were building, some kind of radio set or something, you know, whatever it was they were building. He wouldn't just say, you need to connect this to that and leave it at that. He would say, the reason you need to do that is this, and he'd really elaborate and tell about creating things and the importance of what this does to make this work or that work. And I think a lot of parents sometimes don't think to do that. You know, they, we, you know, you get so busy, and you know, you yeah. have multiple kids. I think you have four kids. Or you have a lot. Four, right? yeah, yeah. There's yeah. three in college so and one in high school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so you get yeah. busy, and <laughs> and it's hard. So I, I think it's really important to develop some of these skills in our in our kids when they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to look back and you think, oh, I wish I had done this or that with my kids. I, you know, maybe I could have taught them this or that more. But you know, it, it can be developed, and and a lot of these skills, as far as our fears of what holds us back, are just it's just that inner voice. It, it's always what we tell ourselves, and it ends up being 
so much less big deal once we face something than what we've told ourselves, you know, the yeah. way people feel about public speaking and all the things. I mean, really, what's the worst thing that could happen? It's it's so funny how we put things up on platforms, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think, too, um, again, this is kind of an I think we're having I think moments, which are cool because, you know, it's what, what we think. But um, I think all, a lot of it is how you learn, too. I'm, I was thinking as you were talking right there about, like, how I learn and – I don't learn very well when when somebody goes put something in front of me and says here learn this. I learn so uh-huh. much better when somebody talks to me and shows me what to do uh-huh. or teaches me. You know, right. like if you if I if you were going to say Elizabeth, I'm going to teach you how to do this, and I spend an hour with you on the phone and I'm going to teach you something. I learn way better than here read this. And that but, you know everybody's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, but that helps push past that, ang- like that fear and anxiety of not being curious, because I'm curious about a lot of things, but how I have to go about learning it is different. Yeah, it's, you know, I have a lot of students that have to take the VARC, you know, you could tell if you're visual or auditory or what, you know, the different kinds of learning mm-hmm. that people have different perf- ways they prefer to learn. And it, it's really important that, you you reach people on the way they want to be reached because like like you you gave a great example and I've taught more than a thousand business courses and I've met so many thousands of students and they all if you teach them all in the same way it's you know some will be real successful and some won't because you'll probably meet only certain number of people on their level and so I think that could kill a lot of curiosity if you're not you're not sparking their desire because you're teaching them in the wrong way that's for their personal needs, you know? Yeah. No, one of the best things that I can do to learn is hear you or see you talk about it. And like my friends, when I was in college, my friends would all be like, no, I'm skipping class. I'm like, I'm a creature of going to class (laughs) right in the front row. Almost, (laughs) you know, I had to, I wasn't one of those people who you could just give the huge book to and just, you know, read and learn. I'm like, Nope, I got to hear it. I got to hear the examples, the stories, the, the tone, the everything. So kind of, kind of interesting, but I'm a, I'm a very collaborative, like handhold person. That's how I like to like to learn. Yeah. Uh Interesting. I don't know. I don't know how people. Yeah. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) I never went to class. I mean, I was the worst student. It's amazing. I ended up with a PhD because I really did not like going to school. I did not. And once that's why I loved online education because I didn't like, Oh, I mean, you don't have to, go listen to these lectures, which I wasn't listening to anyway, because when I'd go, I'd be just like, oh, I couldn't do it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was completely the opposite. And I would just, uh, when I found online education, I'm thinking, oh, this is so great. Because when I got my undergrad, I went, and everything was lectures, and you're in teams with people, and it was just the exact opposite way that worked for me. Mm-hmm. And um I was able to get through my master's so much more quickly. If, if you leave me on my own to do something, I'll do it so much easier. It's just much easier for me. I don't know why. It's just my personality, my preferences. You know, I mean, it's just we all have our unique style. And so uh, I, that, I would definitely not be in the front row. I would be in the back hoping if I showed up, and then I'd be <laughs> hoping I could awesome. take it home and, and learn it on my own. <laughs> Uh, and but see now you're the type you're the person that I would learn from though like if you were if you were lecturing and the in and teaching and so forth 
I would learn from you. I can hear it. I mean, I'm learning yeah. stuff as you're talking now. So that's it, just really interesting. That's why, one of the reasons oh, why I love radio so much is because I, I can hear it and learn it. And I don't know. I hope other people are like that. I know a lot of people learn in different ways. So um, I've got a lot of people who say, I heard your guest on the radio, um, but could you write about that guest so I can read it? So that's why I always follow up with blogs. Hmm. So the people who like to read but- stuff can do it that way. That's a good idea. You know, my radio show, I just changed so that all my audio files now become blogs. It transcribes uh, them Genius. and it puts links to everything. It's just so nice. It's <laughs> really great. That's brilliant, so actually. Show, yeah, yeah. And they do a really wonderful job. I think it's called Brandcasting You. Um, mm. And they just have uh, everything is all transcribed. So, you, you know, later, if you ever need them, the content you don't have to listen to the entire show again and you can use Get it for quote. books or whatever you want to use you know it's just wonderful yeah. i love that um <clears throat> excuse me how did you get started in all of this like as a little kid were you like i'm going to be on the radio and i'm going to be a, a professor and i'm gonna, <laughs> i mean who, who, who not were you as a little even kid close. yeah isn't that funny yeah no not at all it's funny my mom likes to say that uh and she taught me to read when I was two years old, which sort of kind of true. But what she she did was she had these flashcards. I can remember it. I was only two. It's funny. I remember things. And they were like the size of like not, not the little recipe cards, but the bigger ones. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Those, those bigger recipe cards. And they would have words on it like elephant, monkey, baby. I remember those words, certain words I could remember. And she would flash them at me and I would remember them. And so she counts that as reading. So she, she tells people I could That's read how I learned too. to read too, though. But, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, but basically I was a kind of a shy um never interested in, in being a teacher or anything. I was always in, actually later, I, was, I spent decades in sales. I sold computer software. I sold uh, pharmaceuticals, I, uh, banking, uh, real estate. I mean, you name any kind of sales, I've probably been in it. And um, I had, it was really, online education really fascinated me because I, I love to learn. And I started taking more courses after I got my master's earlier, but um, later on in life, I thought, well, how hard would it be to get a doctorate? I was just kind of curious, you know, (laughs) how hard would it be? And then when I got it, I thought, oh, you know, I've been teaching a little bit online because I liked online education so much. They let you teach when you had a master's more than they do now. Now you kind of have to have a doctorate because there's not as many opportunities. But um, I, Definitely, I thought, oh, I'll just start teaching more because I love that. And I started teaching for a bunch of different schools. I, and at one, sometimes, I think at one point, I had 10 different schools I was teaching uh, classes. And then I got a full-time job uh, teaching at a university that Forbes later uh, became part of. It's the Forbes uh, School of Business and Technology now. Um, and I was the MBA program chair there. And that was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, though, and um, because I still wanted to do a lot of other things, and it was taking up so much time because it was a huge responsibility. So I told him I just didn't want to spend that much time doing that particular job. That I just wanted to work part time with them. So I still work with them part time as an you know associate mm-hmm. uh, faculty. But I just. Uh, decided when I left I was going to go back to do more like you said you, you like to make yourself a little uncomfortable to grow and I thought you know I just wanted to do more speaking and and uh and it, that does it that makes you stretch quite a bit and I thought I'll just <laughs> put it mildly kind of beef up 
Yeah, right. So I'll beef up my um my website by getting some more interviews because I hadn't really done interviews in a while. I hadn't written my books in a few years, and I thought, you know, I need to update my site. And I was on the radio show, and I started to talk to him about, you know, where'd you get this uh, deal? Because this was a nationally syndicated radio show. He interviewed me, and I'm thinking, you know, that's kind of cool because I've been doing a lot of interviews. As part of mm-hmm. my work at the Forbes School of Business, I had interviewed like John Tamney and Ken Fisher and Olin Coven, just a bunch of very big, um, interesting, uh, you know, people in the industries uh, that, you know, would come to the schools and talk. And then I'd interview them before they gave their talks to, to the school. Sure. So I thought, you know, I like doing that. And I thought what he was doing was interesting when he was interviewing me. So I asked him how he got it. And he told me they had an opening, but... I guess I had to figure it out like in two, I had two weeks time to figure out how to do everything like you. I do it all myself, you know, and mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a, it's not easy to come up with all the intro outro and the music and the ads and the everything um, and all your no, guests funny. and have it and figure out how to edit the, the software and do it all really quickly. But it was, you know, I'd had a lot of great connections from, you know, I knew a lot of the Forbes 30 under 30s and different people who had spoken for our Forbes speaker programs and things, you know, so I reached out to a few of them and they were some of my first guests and they were great. And, you know, I I didn't really end up having to reach out to too many people because I had known so many people. And when I said I was having a show, I had a lot of people start to contact me. And then once you know how it goes, you can get somebody on your yeah. show, and then they they recommend a few people, and then they recommend, and it just grows. In fact, I had to take, I had to slow it down because, like you, I have to yeah. turn down a lot of people, which you don't want to, but you get too many guests, and then they, you start getting guests that maybe don't fit your what you're trying to do so much. You know, mine's really business success, so I don't do a lot of you know weight loss or health things or you know whatever it is. And sure. So, but, you know, I never, ever thought I would be teaching and education and uh, broadcasting and any of the stuff I'm in now. I, I, I mean, I always kind of liked, I was always a little bit of a control freak. So I, I got, got a, all my degrees in management because I wanted to be the boss, you know. So uh-huh. I guess I kind of you know, always knew I'd be the boss of my own company. So I guess that is what I expected. But what kind of company, I guess I hadn't thought of. So cool. Do you, what are some of your, so I'm a huge um in business and life and whatever goal person, mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. truly believe that you have to write your goals down. Um, I don't do January goals. I do them around my birthday, usually every year, write them down, oh, think yeah? about it a little bit. Oh yeah. And then um huge believer in not only writing them down, but also verbalizing them. Because like if, if, for example, like you don't hear my goals, you get goes kind of back to that collaboration thing with me. Like if you don't hear it, you never know about it. And what if you know somebody who knows somebody who might help me make one of my goals or dreams come true. So I just love it when people share their goals. So would you mind doing that? Like, do you have some goals? Um, Even if it's your new book or whatever. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Right now my short term goals are, uh, well, to write my book and which has been really challenging because I'm not just writing a book. I'm, I'm developing a, an instrument to measure curiosity. So trying to 
develop an instrument has been really fun. <laughs> it's been hard. Yeah. And uh, so that has go down a rabbit hole of, of a goal, but then you sometimes don't realize the sh- offshoots of the other things that come along with it. Like you, if you write a book, you know, people don't really necessarily make tons of money from writing books, but all the other stuff that go along with writing books. So once you decide you want to write a book, you've got to figure out where are you going to offer webinars? Are you going to have, you know, offer masterminds? I mean, where do you go from there? So it all kind of is uh, in that realm that I'm working right now in that particular goal of all the things that go along with writing the book and whether to self-publish or go with the publisher because it used to be you only went with the you know publishers and, and it, there's different advantages to different things now. So you, there's a lot of research involved in just about every decision I make. Sure. It seems like. So, you know, you, you go into doing all these different types of research and I, I, you know, I have people that contact me about different opportunities that you have to consider that, you know, there's video options. You can have a TV show option. You can have this option and that option that have to deal with the shows. So, you know, we just added on with C-Suite Radio and, uh, you know, and then, like I said, we just changed the um, the show so now that it's blogging and it's doing different things. And, and there's lots of expansive things that I have as goals with the show and with the book and with, you know, different things like that. And this is what stage I'm in at, at this point. You know what I mean? I, I would like to do more MC type things. I really do like being um, on panels when you're on stage and you interview people. Um, that's a lot of fun. And you get some really interesting people that way. And get it's just like mm-hmm. this kind of conversation, but you get to do it in front of a, you know, big group. So I tend to go – I have a lot of goals to go to a lot of um, forums and uh, seminars and different things. I'm going to one in San Diego next week. I went to one yesterday in in Scottsdale. And I I, I go to a lot of the Forbes summits, uh, like the Forbes Women's Summit, the Forbes CMO Summit, Midwest Summit. A lot of those are really great. And you get to meet people that open up your ideas, your your mind, I should say, to different ideas uh, and goals you hadn't even considered because sometimes – Technology changes so much that you just don't even really have, you know you want to do something, but it's not maybe as clear until you start being around other people. Like I went to the Genius (laughs) Network, and those people, I mean, they're just seriously doing some amazing things. And uh, I went to uh, LeaderCast and a a bunch of different other, um, trying to think of the C-Suite Network, all those different groups where you – if you associate with people who are doing at least what you're doing or more, that's when you, you really come up with new yeah. ideas and new goals that you hadn't ever thought of in the past. And um, I love that. So you, I, I love, yeah. I, I like the it word gets, expansive. It gets expensive. So it gets expensive <laughs> and expansive. Yeah. <laughs> the E words. Yeah. The two E words, expansive right, right. and expensive. Oh, it's funny. Right. Um, yeah, it does. Right. But um, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I've, you know, my, my kids are, you know, they're two years apart. And so, you know, mm-hmm. you go zero, two, four, six, two, four, six, eight, you know, and they're finally 16, 18, 20, and 22 now. And so it changes wow. the, the scope a little bit mm-hmm. about leaving the house, you know, participating in seminars that aren't in the house, <laughs> you know, right, right, taking, right, call, right. taking calls yeah. from my walk-in closet for quiet, you know, uh-huh. just a variety <laughs> of things I've done over the years while having children and kind of uh-huh. working from home and stuff. And so I, I couldn't agree with you more of those. I love doing the, the summits and the meetings and the everything. So, um, 
Yeah, that I mean, those are those are well, some neat you things probably that are you're better involved about in. Staying in them. <laughs> Sometimes I have to get up and walk <laughs> yeah, out. You have to leave in the room <laughs> very long. <laughs> yeah, I'm That's better at. It just depends on the kind. Of, they have to be really fast paced. I do the best at the Forbes summits and some of the ones. Yeah. Uh, if it's just strictly lecture after lecture after lecture, I I can't, can't do, do it. it. I get. Yeah. I'm just. I don't know. Maybe I just can't handle that. But I I think that there there's a lot that you can be learned from. You know all those things. Yeah, I spent a lot of my time um, up to having two kids as a corporate trainer, and you probably would have mm-hmm. loved being in in one of my classes because um, I I I quickly learned how adults don't learn the way you know just adults learn in diff- just so many different ways. So right. I would have crayons mm-hmm. and markers and scissors and glue sticks and exercises, and he probably would have hated it. You would have hated it or loved it. It would have kept you occupied. No, or I probably not, but... would have liked that because it's oh. not just a straight lecture. You know what I mean? It I think that was. that's good for me, actually. Yeah, I, I would probably have loved that. And yeah. uh, I used to have a teacher that used to like climb onto the chalkboard and do crazy stuff. He'd get into the closet and start yelling, and I'm like, oh, this guy's the best, you know, for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I. That's and what I do. Just bizarre stuff to make people remember. Oh, so funny. Right. It works. It works. And you know, and I think a lot of corporate trainers really know how to do it because they've you know done some amazing things. And I, I've been around people where I work. You know, people who like oh, I, Dr. Katie Theory is a doctor at uh, uh, Forbes School of Business. She is. She wrote their their HR. Um, undergrad and grad, I, mostly the graduate program, I think she wrote, and she just has got such talent in that area, you know. And you guys that have that experience, are, it, it really, it, it's a big difference for you know helping people learn what they need learn. to do. Yeah. What What have you learned in teaching more than a thousand business classes? That is a lot. <laughs> I learned that there's a lot of people that know a lot of different things that you think you know a lot of things, and then every course you learn something from every course because you got to think the type of courses I'm teaching, you have to think that they've, um, they've got a lot of adult learners in there who have had a lot of experience and they all bring that experience to class. I mean, some of them have union experience or some of them have worked in, you know, aircraft or different things that I haven't done. You know, I mean, I just, isn't Mm -hmm. my lifetime experience to have done. I've read about it. I've, you know, studied it and all that type of thing. So, but you get real world sharing um, forums where people are talking about how it impacts them. And so you, you learn something from every class and then it doesn't matter which school I, wherever I teach, they, they figure out that I'll figure out stuff if I know, you know, I'm always their go-to for last minute things. So I've had them give me all kinds of courses that I had no idea until I had to teach it really, you know, what it was about. So I'd have to research it and learn and do stuff to get prepared for it. I mean, it was generally in my wheelhouse as far as business, but it might be a slightly different area than I'd taught in the past. You know what I mean? So you, mm-hmm. you, you want to learn something, you teach it, right? <laughs> you have to figure it out. Yeah, well, and, that's a, that's a yeah. huge thing I'd say. If you're going to, if you're going to learn it, you got to teach it. <laughs> for sure. That's so exactly it's, it is, you know, and the courses have all just been slightly different. You know, I mean, I teach some of them multiple times. I've taught, you know, introduction to marketing or introduction to management or some of those so many times I can't count. But sometimes you'll teach something a little different, like brand publishing, or you'll teach ethics, or you'll teach, you know, technology in different aspects of uh, 
each school might have a marketing class that's completely different from the other school. And I've touched, taught everything from undergrad first class that teaches them how to be an online student to being a doctoral um, mentor chair where I'm the actual person they have to get their, you know, approval through their whole doctoral process. So I've taught so many different types of things. It's really challenging, you know, to just, I, I kind of like those first year students the best in a way because they mm-hmm. they're just so they're nice they haven't gotten hardened yet <laughs> they're, just, they're so eager <laughs> yeah. to learn you know is they there any um, like learn I don't know <laughs> yeah the bad habits or whatever is there anything you right, see over right. and over and over again like is there any kind of common theme through all the classes or all the people is there like one or two things that sticks out that like everybody does or thinks or Anything like that, or is everything just truly just way different? Well, you know, some schools, like I teach at technology schools where they're pretty much always going to be introverts. Even though you get more introverts online, if you get online technology students, you get a lot more introverts. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. that's kind of one thing you learn from them uh, is how to to, to deal more with introverts in that setting. Um, As far as, you know, you get a certain – type of per, uh, student who really they're really freaked out if they're not going to get a 4.0 or their grade has to be a certain thing in their mind and I see a lot of that where I didn't used to see that in the past like they have or their parents will call if you give them the, the well, parents call <laughs> out to give them a seat or their kids will call me because they're <laughs> older now but um, they just um, have this sense of like I should have an A no matter whether I've turned it in whether it's good wow. what, you know what I mean they just so you get that once in a while I have to say unfortunately um, but you know it, I wish they didn't focus so much on the grade I mean I'm happy to give them an A if they deserve an A and I, I don't think I'm a hard professor but I would say that the ones that just kind of expect it maybe don't deserve it sometimes and oh, I, I think yeah, that they that because their, their work just isn't there you know what I mean and to, and yeah. a, should be really good work, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we we see a lot of that kind of entitlement thing and that I wish I didn't see as much as of that. But in general, I would say that I have met some of the greatest students. They've all been, you know, the, for the majority of them have been just really great. And they're working really hard. They have a lot of on their plate, and they're trying to, to better themselves. And so yeah. – you know, each school is a little bit different. I, I um, you know, I, I teach for a military school, so I learn a little bit more about military stuff at that school. I teach for an aeronautic school. I learn a little bit more about airplanes than I ever thought I would know about, you know. It just <laughs> depends on the school. Fascinating. <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah. Do, um, yeah. Let's go back to um, what we said at the top with the three things people are going to take away and and, like, actually give people some real life, you know, um, experience on the, you know, while we're talking on the line to help them improve their workplace engagement or to help them get along better in the workplace or to help their soft skills. Even if you just want to pick one of those, is there, is there like a little lesson you could give us while we're, while we're on air here about one of those things? Well, I think that you got to, first of all, determine that you want to change and that you, you, you recognize the importance of interpersonal skills, soft skills, emotional intelligence, all of the things that we're talking about, right? So what I think you need to do is get a baseline uh, measurement. And I think one of the baselines that would be really helpful is to get an emotional uh, intelligence 
score. I mean, you know, any self-assessment, you know, you're giving your own interpretation, of course, of, of what you think, but it gives you a really good baseline for kind of just determining where you need to go from here. And, you know, I, I have some on my site. I do offer a, a version of the DISC and the EIQ, which is a version of the, you know, emotional intelligence assessment. And they can take those at drdianehamilton.com forward slash assessments. But I think that even if you don't take a, a personality assessment, I think that it's really important to to read a little bit about emotional intelligence. Daniel Goleman's book I mentioned about why EQ can matter more than IQ is a good one. I think uh, it's kind of it's a really important to know the difference between introverts and extroverts. And my book um, I told I had written about a lot of that. It's not you; it's your personality. But I think that there's other great places to find content you can go and watch susan kane's uh, uh her talk uh based you know her book quiet was about introverts but it's an excellent book and her her talk is excellent it gives you information about wh- what value we get from introverts and it's helpful for extroverts to to learn about that too because as extroverts we'll talk all over the introverts and not let them have a chance sometimes and i think it's really important to, to learn about that you know i I've, I've studied, uh, there's, um, Marsha Hughes was uh, one of the people I studied to get my certification in emotional intelligence. She has some books on teams and getting along based on um, improving emotional intelligence. So I think that there's a lot of great content out there uh, to help you to work on these things. I have some amazing uh, people on my show that have been experts in the area of engagement, and we, we talked about workplace engagement and how to improve that. I think some of the books of some of these authors are just amazing. I mean, everybody from Kevin Sheridan to Dina Dwyer Owens. So, I mean, if you look on my on my website of all the authors and speakers who've written about engagement, um, it, it's just staggering how bad workplace engagement is right now. If only a third of the workplace is engaged, we've got a huge uh, problem on our hands. And that was another reason why I wanted to to work on developing curiosity, because one of the ways to improve engagement is to improve the amount of feedback uh, we give employees. And, you know, especially millennials want a lot of feedback and that that's because they're, they're curious. They want to know, how am I doing? Right. That's a curiosity. And the, we need to work on developing our sense of curiosity and, and helping others with their sense of curiosity because that all ties in to getting along well in the, the, the workplace. And part of the reason we have so many generations that don't get along uh, is because we just don't really understand each generation. You know, each generation always doesn't like the generation after them, right? They've got a problem because they're this, <laughs> they've got a problem because yeah. they're that, you know, they don't like this. Well, you know, you're, you're hearing more of that and, part of it is because you just don't really look at it from their what their viewpoint and that's empathy, right? Put yourself in somebody else's shoes and think from their perspective. And empathy is a huge part. So we're back again, right? To developing emotional intelligence. And the emotional intelligence ties into all of the most important things. And that's why I wanted to study it for my my um dissertation. Because it's so huge of a topic because it ties into everything. So I really think that, you know, each generation is going to have unique um, issues. I actually just had an interview. Right? I interviewed somebody right before I got on your show 
we were talking about how the, you know, the alpha generation, which is the one after generation Z, how they're going to be so much of a generation of single uh, uh, kid families because, People are, the, the millennials are waiting longer. People are, you know, the Z's are waiting longer to have kids. They're going to have fewer kids. And now you've got a whole different ballgame of, you know, what they're going to want because of what they'll want to buy and different things, what they'll do, because there's only one kid maybe in the family. So each generation's got unique things that, that <laughs> grew up um, around them while they're, you know, that's unique to that generation. My generation, we had the you know, the Russians were going to bomb us at any minute. You know, the millennials had to deal with post 9-11, you know, in their life. Every generation had something happen in their lifetime that impacts the way they view things. And you have to take their perceptions into consideration when you're, inter- when you're interacting with them. So I think that that's why um, I think that we have so much problems with multiple generations getting along because we have more generations working together than ever in the past. And they all have a little bit unique perspectives based on the things that happened in their lifetime. Yeah, I, I do. I always think it's interesting when you get a group of people together in an office or something and there's different ages, um, mm-hmm. either different generations or ages, and how the respect is developed through, through the line, you know, through, you know, how they all work together, how they're going to respect each other, how they're going to respect each other's um, opinions, you know, not. Yeah, you know, sometimes you see the older and it's people not just respecting the office. younger people. <laughs> yeah. Wherever right. it is, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. well, they have to learn to get together in the office, but then they may be selling to somebody that's a different generation. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was at a conference yesterday in Scottsdale. It was a marketing B2B MX conference. Somebody gave me a ticket, and I thought, oh, okay, this will be really interesting. I want to go and check it out since I wrote a brand publishing course. And I'm walking around, and everybody's you know, millennials and younger, except for me, of course. And I go up to the first the guy, looks at me, he goes, Aren't you Tony's mother? <laughs> Which is kind of funny because <laughs> I'm there. And that's how he thinks of me. So my youngest daughter is actually, she'll almost 31. And she she's in the marketing uh, field, she works for Telium. And so people know me at, there as Tony's mother because she's so popular in the marketing field. So yeah. it's, you know, but those kind of people have to sell. To, I'm a boomer, right? So you would have to sell to me. And if you really didn't know how to relate to my generation, even though I tend to be tech savvy probably for compared to others in my generation, yeah, and too. if you come at me with too much technology, right? If I'm like a typical boomer, you're, you're going to be barking up the wrong tree, right? So it, you have to, to look at, each person and it's it's such an individual thing too you can't even though I write about personality assessments it's I, I don't really believe in stereotyping everybody in just because you're a boomer you're this way and you're an ex you're that way or because you're you know introvert you're this way or that way or everybody's unique and the only way you find out what people need and how to sell to them and how to interact with them is to, to ask questions and and be curious there you go. Back to the curiosity thing. <laughs> We're back. It helps, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you can't you can't really assume or make assumptions that somebody is such a way because they're this or that. You you really do have to ask those questions and get to know their personality. So in a way, all your books uh-huh. sort of tie in, don't they? Yeah, you know they all interest me in just how people's 
you know, their behaviors impact everything. I mean, I, I wrote a book about, you know, the online students, but I also wrote a book about reinventing your career, and a lot of that is understanding you and others around you and, and the next steps. And, and it's all about just researching what you, what is important for you and getting to know your, yourself is kind of the theme of what I think makes people successful. If you understand you and you understand others, I mean, that's kind of the definition of emotional intelligence in a way. I mean, even though you define it so differently, it's understanding your own emotions as well as those in others and, you know, reacting and acting appropriately based on that information. So uh, I think it's really important to, to work on, uh, on ourselves. And, and sometimes it, it takes asking ourselves some hard questions and asking others questions that we're willing to hear, you know, their input about things. Maybe we don't know what we don't know until you ask somebody, right? And a lot of people <laughs> have a hard time uh, asking for help or wanting to hear advice. And as long as you keep yourself shut off from knowing the truth or you know, whatever could be better for you. You're just never going to grow. Oh, that was well put. Yeah, I talk about wishing the, <laughs> the show was transcribed. I'm going to have to go back. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to that again <laughs> and write it down <laughs> word for word. No, that was, that was incredibly oh. well, well put. I like that a lot. And that's, that's really oh, useful. You. So I'll, I'll make sure and pull that out of there. Um, Okay, so we have seven minutes, believe it or not. We've gone through an hour here almost. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about? I, I didn't ask you too much about speaking and consulting, if you want to talk about that maybe a little bit before we go, because um, I um, think it would be I, – I think we're going to see a point in time where, you know, we're we're paying big money to come hear you talk. Uh, <laughs> well, so. yeah, I do a lot of speaking <laughs> and consulting, and, yeah, you know, I've gone – Every, I've done everything from consulting on personality assessments to different, you know, engagement, different factors of that. And I speak a lot. I speak about soft skills and, and engagement and um, generations. And some of the stuff we're talking about here, I, I like to do a lot of that kind of thing because I think there's it, there's so many people that that speak about d- different topics. But I think, you know, you go to one event, and sometimes one person will reach you in a different way than somebody else might reach you, you know. And and, and I think for me, I, I I tend to just like to get to the point. I, I it's not as much of a, uh, uh, you know. And you can you know be the best you can be running around stage kind of presentation. It's, it's more like <laughs> yeah, that no. we're talking. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I, I tend to give that kind that of a talk because I think it's much more. You know, for me, that's the kind of talk I like to go to because I I want to know without a lot of the fluff because some of these talks you go to, you go, Oh, that was kind of fun, but then you didn't really learn anything. You know? Stage presentation. <laughs> you know what? Can I, can I interrupt yeah. you for a second? That's sure. the biggest, that's the biggest trouble I am having in my own world right now, trying to decide. I, I just, people are like, Oh, you should come talk about percolate and be on stage and all this stuff. And I'm like, Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't. That's so not me. I don't. I don't want to be that. Like you can be the best. Like you were just saying, the best yeah. you can be. And da 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 da. I'm not showy yeah, like yeah. that. And um, I, don't I don't know how well that would translate on stage at all. Um, well, you know, yeah, you I, know, I there's breakout sessions. You'd be, you'd be great great breakout yeah. session then. Yeah, I just you know did I mean? one of those. Everybody... Did you like it? I, it, way better for me. Um, way better. I did yeah. a, I did a really nice um, session on time management, which is totally in my wheelhouse uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. in Napa at a conference recently. And, you know, there were like 30 people in the room and it was a perfect 
because because I like to interact with people. Yeah, you know, I want to. Well, yeah. There's there's a lot of different sized, you know, even those kind of presentations. Like I just did a breakout session in Vegas, and there was 250 people in the breakout. <laughs> and yeah. I'm thinking, well, this is gonna be a nice little small breakout session, and the room was packed. Packed. And so you yeah. just you don't know, but it is it's a different setting, and I think that you got to find the type of talks that you like to do. And I, I think that um, I, I definitely get a lot of attention because of you know, the types of talks I give are, are mm-hmm. more um, what's hot, very hot right now with all the soft skills and engagement and culture yeah. and, and all that. So I, I, I do offer um, all that on my website. And, uh, so, you know, so I that's that's part of what I do. I have my radio show. I have the webinars. I mm-hmm. have the, you know, the, it's just all the books and, and different things that I'm doing. And it's just all kind of ties in to the, to the same thing. It's just, I kind of like to think that I, I like to learn things and then share them with other people and try to try to meet, do it through different means. Yep. That's, that's what I like to do too. It's, it's, I like, I also love to teach um, technical things. Like uh, I'm, uh-huh. I opened up a company called compliance for lately that goes kind of ties back into all my financial services stuff and um, yeah. really love to teach social media. Um, and But yeah, not just fun. like, here's how to use Twitter, but here's how to use Twitter, you know, for real <laughs> and stuff like that. And uh, uh-huh. so I, I'm kind of well, you've done getting a great my little legs back. Yeah. And so well, it's that's uh, where I would think you would make a killing doing, you know, with how much you've got as a following. You know, I imagine you get a lot of people very interested in hearing you speak about that. Yeah, so we're I'm I'm it's in motion and stuff like that. So I'm pretty pretty excited mm-hmm. about that. But I love I love this conversation because it's all about you know it, you're oh it's just curiosity and fear and pushing out of it and how to do it and with you know with the com, you know the the ability to articulate and have those soft personality skills all mixed in you know to try and present yourself whether it's in really anything you do the right way. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be up on stage, but it could be, you know, a conversation you have on the phone with somebody personally or, you know, whatever it is. I think there's, right. I'm getting to my mm-hmm. point, which is I think there's just so much great information on your website. And I think you're just a phenomenal resource. And I hope people really t- take a lot from this show. I know we, I told, I promised we were going to be a little bit all over the place um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I promised it, and I and I think we we touched on so many different things that if you go back and listen to the show and really put all the pieces together, there's a lot here under that theme of like personal skills, soft skills, business skills, speaking skills, fear, curiosity, anxiety, all these things. And then I think also with you, this show might really touch on different careers too, because you took a different career path. Um, you, you know, you said right. you were in sales for all these years and you at one point just completely changed that, but you took all those skills with you and moved them into different right. areas. And I think people are very interested in reinventing themselves right now. Um, so I think this show will be very useful to people out there who are sitting there going, what should I do next? Um, because it yeah. is possible 
it is very possible to be sitting there thinking, boy, I want to get an MBA, but I don't know how. And you could be a great resource for, well, here's how, here's what I did. And, and let me top Mm -hmm. it off. You know, let me put the cherry on top with the PhD too, (laughs) you know? And so it just makes you super (laughs) cool. Well, don't scare people away. (laughs) No, no, no. But you know, it could be a bachelor's degree somebody wants to get and it's possible Uh these days. And so um, I just, I think you, you, you know, turn fear upside down and really do a great job of that. So I love your website. Everybody out there listening, go to drdianehamilton.com and um, look, just cl- click around on there because there's so many things and her radio show is phenomenal. Um, and I just hope you all have really enjoyed the show. And Diane, um, I like calling you Dr. Diane. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not. I call you Dr. Diane in my head. Oh, but it is so fun fine. having you. Yeah, I know, but it's it's fun to fight, Doctor. Oh, you earned it. It's been my pleasure. This is fun. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank and thank you so much for the hour of your time and energy and expertise. Um, and I just I really appreciate you saying yes because um, I approached you in LinkedIn, the power of social media, and you're like, sure, I'll do that, and I and I appreciate that because I know it's so oh, random and welcome. out of the blue. <laughs> I think I even warned you. Well, I'm like, this is I knew totally I random, but you're. Well, the last name and the blonde hair, we could be sisters, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you have a – you are so we're – t- we're twinning a little bit, but you really have a twin in a gal by the name of I Wendy Pett. I your older, older sister. <laughs> no, no, we're pretty much the same age. Um, but w- Wendy Pett, you should look at Wendy Pett on, on Twitter. She's Wendy, W-E-N-D-I-E, Pett, P-E-T-T. She's a, a fitness guru out of Minnesota and a dear friend of mine, and you guys are actually twins. Oh, it's so it. adorable. Oh, well, I take that as a huge compliment now that it's I hear. Thank compliment. you. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. That's nice. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. Um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We're, we've got several million downloads now and, it's be, and listens and shares and everything, and it's all because of you guys. We started out grassroots. There's no advertising. There's no funding. There's no nothing in the show. It is just completely you guys sharing it and loving it. And what I really appreciate, and I say this every time we come on the air, is the way you guys embrace our guests. Um, I just so appreciate the way you guys take a hold of the guests we have and you buy their books and you listen to them and you go to their radio show and you engage our guests. And I really, really appreciate that because that's what makes me happiest, uh, having people on here and really taking something from this hour of time because you could be doing something totally different and we appreciate you being with us. So thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Diane. (laughs) Dr. Diane Hamilton, everybody, take the lead. A thought leader. I love having thought leaders on in the field of leadership, sales, marketing, management, engagement, personality, motivation, career, authorship, everything. Um, so much to learn. So um, if you are a curious person like Diane is, please go to her website, drdianehamilton.com. Thank you and have a wonderful day. We appreciate you being here. Thank you, Diane. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Best Ever You Show. Want more? Visit us at besteveryou.com. Be your best and keep it real. Confident, successful, caring, and beautiful every day with Best Ever You. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.